Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday just in time for your daily commute. I'm Jules Boyle and join me today is our own Gabe McKay. Hello. On the pod today we're going to look at last night's Europa League playoffs that saw both Celtic and Rangers qualify for the group stages, today's draws and who they'll both face as well as looking forward to the weekend's Premiership fixtures. Okay, first up, in the order that they played, Celtic had a very convincing win last night over a Swedish outfit AIK, running out 6-1 on aggregate. Gabby, um, were you impressed with what you saw last night? Yeah, definitely was. I mean, when when we saw that draw come down, obviously Celtic got knocked out of the Champions League by Cluj. And then when we saw that draw come out that they were playing the Champions of Sweden, I think everybody thought, oh Christ, you know, that's a difficult draw to get when you're dropping from the Champions League into the Europa League. And they were, they were well on top in the first leg. They won 1-2-0. AIK never looked like they were coming there to score. And going into the second leg, you know, I think we all said on this podcast that we assumed they would go through, but AIK aren't usually an easy team to score against. So for Celtic to get four goals away there in Sweden is a, is a great result. You know, I thought it might sort of be a bit of a, not not an nervy night. I think I predicted on the site that they would Celtic would win 2-1, but I thought maybe it's one of those where AIK take the lead and there's a... 15-20 minutes of sort of worry but yeah but no really Celtic obviously took the lead then conceded uh, they conceded a penalty didn't they yep. uh, for the equaliser but then they just went right out back the other end and scored and once Celtic were in that 2-1 lead uh, it was only ever going to be one winner and to run out 4-1 winners would be a huge confidence boost for them going into this weekend's games and it's a couple of great goals as well I mean particularly that first one from James Forrest it's an absolutely brilliant strike yeah it was exceptional I mean, they, they showed a lot of sort of resilience going forward they were very direct very you know on, on the ball with it the head didn't go down um, when Ayer went off you know, there was a bit of sort of a wobble in the crowd um, and it seemed to be they were just like focused and on it you know, the whole game through yeah, absolutely. And it looked like a bit more like what Lennon's been talking about wanting, you know, since he came in, he's basically been saying that he wants the team to be to be getting the ball forward quicker, to be getting it wide, getting it in the box, you know, that, that kind of more direct style without necessarily being a sort of long ball outfit, but he wants to move away from that Brendan Rodgers possession based game. And I think we saw a lot of that last night. I think I think Lennon said that they were, I can't remember the exact words he used, but it was like magical going forward or something like that. You know, he was obviously very impressed with it and quite rightly was a very impressive performance. Absolutely. Um, obviously, there was a lot of talk last night. You see a lot of Celtic fans talk about it. a lot of sort of nervousness about the defence and um, that sort of thing. And considering, I mean, it was almost a clean sheet in both games. One penalty, you know, which was an you know, individual error. Um, is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, the concern obviously would be that Aya went off uh, with a with a groin injury, so he's a doubt for for Saturday. And I think uh, every Celtic fan would agree that he's Celtic's best defender. But no, aside from that, yeah, they were pretty solid over the two legs, especially given they went into those games having conceded four goals at home to Cluj, you know, and that's, uh, people were, there's certainly a lot of question marks over the defence, particularly the two new signings at the back, but they were uh, very solid last night. Okay, they conceded the goal, the penalties, as you say, it's an individual error, but for a team that lost their best defender after 14 minutes, I thought they acquitted themselves very well, and it's definitely a positive sign going forward in the league and, I guess, in Europe. Definitely. I mean, how, how do you think those new defenders did last night? Yeah, I mean, I thought they both looked a little bit more comfortable coming into the role. I mean, ball and goalie, I don't think he's ever going to be uh, a solid defender, uh, but you, you can see more and more what he offers going forward. Um, and he doesn't look quite as uh, in bomb scare at the back. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever be that kind of real solid, dependable. You know, he's not. He's not. He's never going to turn into Paolo Maldini. But <laughs> um, certainly, I think you saw last night what he can offer the team. And yeah, Julian, I think uh, with every game, just looks. Looks a lot more composed on the ball. He looks like he's got two good feet, can play out from the back. I think he's really starting to settle in now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, obviously, Rangers last night went through as well. We got a last-minute goal for that man, Alfredo Morelos. Um, it was a bit of a tougher game for them. 
Yeah, it was. I think over the the two legs, um, as we expected, it was two two tight games. Rangers, I think, probably just about deserved to go through in the end. I mean, in the first leg, Legia probably had more chances than Rangers did, but Rangers probably had the better chances, or certainly the better chance. Morelos missed a big a big chance in that first leg, and he also missed a big chance in the first half yesterday. But if there was one thing we know about Morelos, is he doesn't let his head go down. He doesn't let that miss affect him. He keeps coming back, and he obviously gets that last minute goal, which you know if. If you're a Rangers fan, that can't be many sweeter feelings than that sort of last-minute winner in Europe. A great ball in from Jordan Jones as well, continuing his impressive start to life at Ibrox. And yeah, great result. I mean, it's, it's a tight one, but Legia Warsaw are a good side. I mean, we, we thought going into that, that that Rangers might struggle to get past them, especially after the 0-0. You know, I think I said on this podcast, I, well, I think I said it matters who scores first. And technically, given Rangers scored first in the 93rd minute, I was proven entirely correct. <laughs> but... I thought if Legia got an away goal that Rangers might go out. They didn't. Rangers uh, obviously deserve credit defensively for that as well. They gave up a couple of half chances, but nothing nothing major. And yeah, uh, so it's a great result to get through for the second year in a row, to get through four qualifying rounds and make it to the group stages is really something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that they've not actually went behind so far in the, in the qualifiers. Yeah, I think that's right. I was reading there, I think Chris wrote something for the site under Stephen Gerrard, the 16 games that they've done in European qualifying, they haven't gone behind, which... Which is impressive when you consider that it just takes one mistake, even against the, you know, people will say, well, in the earlier stages, they're not playing anyone good, you know, they play St. Joseph's from Gibraltar, but, you know, you just have to look at Brendan Rodgers' Celtic, they lost to the Lincoln Red Imps, it's probably the only shot the Red Imps have, but sometimes things like that happen, so to not even go behind at all is pretty impressive, and, yeah, I think it's testament to the work Gerard's done when you consider... The, the season before he arrived, they were getting papped out by Progress Niedercorn, who are a sort of amateur Luxem- Luxembourgish mm-hmm. team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know how Luxembourgois. I don't know how you say it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how you say it, but um, yeah. So to go through 16 matches without ever being behind is a really impressive achievement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think you're watching that last night? It was kind of getting to that point. I think and it could go either way. Still, you know, right up to the end, you know, one goal is going to change it. And I think it's a testament to Rangers and what they've done. They kept at it and they kept at it. And when the chance came, that man got it. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I did enjoy um, a little bit of gamesmanship, I think, from the Legia fans when the team was really on the ropes and suddenly they just called a smoke break. They just, <laughs> uh, um, I, I'm not sure if we're allowed to officially condone using pyro. And we don't uh, officially we don't, we condone don't officially. Uh, getting the game. We don't condone getting the game stopped, of course. But it was it was quite an impressive sight. I imagine if you were actually there at Ibrox, it was probably a bit of a pain yeah. with all the smoke going everywhere. But it was quite an impressive sight uh, with the holy goalie in the middle there. Um, but all credit to Rangers. They you know that that forced a delay in the game at a point where they're on top, but they they kept plugging away at it. You could see Leggy. I think by that point we're probably playing for extra time. Or a goal on the break, knowing that at that point a goal for them kills it because Rangers yeah. would need two. And all credit to Rangers, they they kept going. They just took that one moment of real quality from Jones with a great ball in and Morelos with a great header. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said earlier, he'd missed a few chances as a, a lot of players would be dwelling on those missed chances and he's just not one of them. Stuck it away and obviously sent, sent them into raptures and got them into what will be a financially lucrative group stage and obviously great great for the fans great for the fans of both clubs to be as I'm sure we'll come on to with the draw just some big player coming up against some big teams yeah absolutely and did they have to go through sorry did they deserve to go through yeah I thought yeah, they deserved so. to go through yeah. over the 180 minutes I think you know just about it was, it was a close run thing mm-hmm. but I think over the 180 minutes you have to say they were the better team definitely absolutely okay moving forward I'm um, looking at the, the draws today happened um, Celtic about Lazio Ren and Cluj again um, not the easiest of groups um, what do you think about that 
Yeah, I think that's that's a, a really tough group. I mean, I think uh, everybody said, I think when we were all sitting in the office when it became apparent that Clues would be in pot four and Celtic could get Clues, like, well, that's happening. You know, this, the football gods are p- <laughs> uh, pulling Clues out again. But I think that's a, a difficult group. I mean, Ren uh, have been a sort of a, a real surprise package in France in the last couple of seasons. They've started this this season well. Lazio, obviously, you know, are a huge team, one of one of the Italian giants. So that'll be a very difficult, a very difficult game. You know, you, Lazio, I'd say, you have to say, are favourites of the group. You think Celtic are, are looking at second in, in that group to try and get in ahead of Ren. Uh, they've already lost to Cluj, though, so you know you can't take anything for granted. But you, you'd like to think Celtic, over the course of a six-game group rather than two head-to-head matches, would be able to get the better Cluj. Um, as I said, Ren are a good side. You'd think it'll be. Lazio will probably go through top and yep. the Celtic will be scrapping for after that. Um, obviously, great nights at Celtic Park. If you, you know, when you've got the likes of, you know, particularly Lazio coming and going away to Rome, which is a bit of a, a glamour away trip. It's not the cheapest of away trips. You might prefer the, the Cluj <laughs> one for the cheap beer, but, you know, for a, a cultural trip for a, you know, a huge stadium, great stadium, should be uh, a decent atmosphere at that game. Although it probably won't be full because it's, uh, it's the Europa League, and uh, but you'd imagine so. Um, the quality lads you've got in that team, the likes of Chiro Mobile, Sergei Milinkovic Savic, you know, to be coming up against those players uh, can only help uh, the likes of, you know, Ryan Christie, who came okay, maybe he's not the youngest, but he's not mm-hmm. consistently played at that level. Guys like Mikey Johnson, the young players they have in that team, I think that's a, a really exciting tie. Yeah, def- definitely. What do you think as well? Ren is basically going to be fighting for second with Ren, do you think? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, uh, we saw we saw Cluj knock them out. Uh, over the two legs, but I think that was just one where Celtic just completely, and Scott Brown in particular, went to bits in the second half of Celtic Park. You'd think if they played that game over again, they'd be able to get the job done, albeit they weren't hugely impressive in both games against Cluj. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't underestimate Rennes, you know, they're not the, the biggest French team, but um, they're certainly, they, they've been impressive in recent years, and as, as I say, I think they've started the season well, but I would think it would be Celtic fighting out with Rennes for second place, unless Lazio have some sort of meltdown. You'd th- you know, you'd think with the, the quality yeah. they've got, the size of the club that is, not that Celtic's not a big club, but they don't have the financial resources of a kind of Serie A team, that Lazio would be favourites to go through. And it's top, and then it'll be Celtic fighting out for second, I think. Yeah, I think so too, definitely. So what's the game of prediction? Um, will, they go, will they go forward? No. I think, I think Ren will just pip them, but we'll have to see it's obviously hard to predict at this stage you don't know how injuries and loss of form and stuff will affect teams as we sit here now I think Ren will just pip them but who knows if we go forward next month Ren could have a couple of injuries Celtic could make a couple of great signings who, who knows what will happen yeah. I think it'll be very tight definitely I totally agree um, obviously Rangers have got possibly even a tougher draw maybe with Porto, Feyenoord and Young Boys um, that's not going to be easy is it? No absolutely isn't uh, we knew Rangers would have a tougher draw because they were they were in pot four for the group, so they basically had to face a, a, a team from, from each of the pots above them, which uh, by UEFA coefficient anyway means you're facing three better teams. Porto, we know, are Champions League regulars now. I know they finished. I know they got knocked out of the Champions League qualifiers this year. I know they finished second in Portugal last year, but they just beat Benfica at the weekend. They're, they're clearly a good side. This is a side with, with real European pedigree, you know, and fairly recent memory. We know they won the Champions League, so... This is that's a that's a really good team. The Draga will be a difficult place to go. You know, that's not. I don't think any team in Europe would look forward to facing Porto. Uh, I think Roma got knocked out of the Champions League by them last year. So they're, yeah, again, they're clearly a very decent side. Feyenoord, uh, okay, maybe not on the level of PSV and Ajax, but we certainly know that um, the D- Dutch teams uh, certainly going forward uh, are, are good good sides, and they're probably glad to have avoided PSV because they were in Pot Two. They could have got them. 
Um, but I think it's no shame on Feyenoord not being able to get close to PSV and Ajax. I mean, we know how good Ajax are. And Young Boys last year made it to the Champions League group stage. Uh, they're the Swiss champions. We know, I mean, we've seen Basel do things in the Europa League in recent years. So we know the Swiss League's a decent level. As I said, they got to the group stage last year. I think they got a draw away at Valencia and they beat Juventus in the last game. All right, Juventus were already through, but... As I recall, they still had a strong team out and were theoretically still had to seal first place in the group. I think they only did because Manchester United also dropped points. So I think they're no mugs. Uh, there's maybe not a sort of standout name like where, I mean, well, well, Porto, I suppose, would be. But I think when you look at Lazio, I mean, maybe maybe it's just uh, my generation of the sort of Channel 4 <laughs> Football Italia. When you look at Lazio, you go, ooh, Lazio. But yeah. um, Porto perhaps are in that bracket. But um, I'd say certainly there's teams, uh, the, the three teams that they've drawn are all very decent sides and not that Rangers aren't a decent side I think all the teams in that group will take points off each other I don't think it's like the other group where you'd look at it and say right Lazio should go through top mm-hmm. I think Porto will probably win that group but I could see them dropping points against Young Boys I could see them dropping points against Feyenoord and I could see Rangers picking points up against those sides and dropping points against those sides so I think that'll be a really tight group So I gave you a prediction for that one even harder Yeah that one's a, a real toss up um, Yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go again I'm gonna go Rangers third I'm gonna go Porto, followed by Feyenoord, then Rangers and Young Boys. But again, it's hard to predict this far out. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens, indeed. Absolutely. Well, looking ahead to a non-European action, a, we're back in action for the Premiership this weekend. Um, so what we'll do is have we look through each fixture um, in the order they're coming. I think that's the fair thing to do. Um, so first of all, we're looking at a Aberdeen host in Ross County. Yep, it's a sort of northern derby, I guess. <laughs> Um, Aberdeen have had, haven't had a great start to the season Ross County obviously got thrashed last week but I think Aberdeen, a home game there against a newly promoted team at Pataudry that's the kind of game they really need to be winning if their aim, as we assume it is, is to be uh, best of the rest, to finish third, to get back into Europe and to sort of assuage some some fears I think that there are around that maybe Derek McInnes uh, I don't know, he's, he's passed his sell-by date, now I'm not saying that's the majority opinion among Aberdeen fans but a few I've talked to have maybe not said, you know, they're not saying McInnes out, mm-hmm. but there's a few doubts creeping in there. The, and I the think, grumbles are starting. Exactly. And I think if they don't beat Ross County, those grumbles will get louder and, you know, it's, it's a vicious cycle, really. So I think that's a must win for Aberdeen. You'd imagine they'll get the job done in that game. But from what we've seen so far, Ross County are certainly no mugs. Uh, but I'd, I'd imagine you'd think Aberdeen would be able to, to get that one you'd over think, the line. You would think so. You'd think so. Um, Motherwell, I've got Hibs um, who are struggling at the moment. Yeah, Hibs uh, with the, the, the terrible defence. I, I think that, that could be a real cracker of a game. But now I've said it, it'll be nil nil. But <laughs> Motherwell, you know, they've got a good young team. They have maybe haven't had the strongest start this season, but they've certainly been not disgraced themselves either. They've been decent. They were certainly they were dominant against Hamilton last weekend. Now I know Hamilton were down to ten men, but Motherwell looked very good in that game. And they're coming up against a Hibs team that's that's low on confidence, that's conceding a lot of goals. That Paul Heckenbottom's. And I think there's sort of a bit of a mood that the fans are turning against him a little bit, especially after he criticised them last week. Yeah. So never wise. Yep, and well, exactly, especially this early in the season, and there are a lot of injuries in defence. Hibs have got. I mean, David Gray's out until November. They've got another couple of defenders out. Heckenbottom was speaking just yesterday. I think about wanting to get some more defenders in before the transfer deadline, but you'd imagine they won't be available to play tomorrow. So that'll be an interesting one, and I could I could see Motherwell winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Livingston St Mirren. Uh, not the most um, uh, exciting of the weekend's fixtures. Um, no disrespect to either of those teams, but uh, what's your thoughts on that? No, it's probably not one that either side's marked in their diary. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think we've all been 
pleasantly surprised by how well Livingston have, have done so far mm-hmm. this season. I think uh, myself included, a lot of people were tipping them for relegation after the players they lost, but they started really well, including you know an absolute thrashing of Ross County last week. St Mirren are sort of you know as I said uh, in Jim Goodwin's image a little bit. They're really hard to beat. They obviously got a great win against Aberdeen. Okay, they lost to Rangers last week, but they. But they, you know, they, they they didn't really have too many chances. But they're against a team like Rangers, you wouldn't expect it. They were certainly defensively solid, and it was it was only a free kick which broke them down in the end. Mm. Um, so although it might not be the most most glamorous of games, it'll probably be a pretty even contest. So I mean, if I had to put my predicting hat on, I'd go for a one each draw in that one. Exciting stuff. Um, and we're also on Saturday's game with uh, Hearts at Hamilton. Uh, no, Hearts uh, taking Hamilton. Sorry. So hearts are at home to Hamilton. Yes, that's, that's what you're trying to say. Yeah. That was the phrase I was looking for. Um, yeah, so obviously Craig Levine's under a lot of pressure as well at the moment. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's another one. I mean, it's strange that, you know, this early in the season, we're just, we've got three games. I mean, well, Aberdeen, I'm not saying McInnes is under pressure, but mm-hmm. you've got three games where you're like, oh, if they don't win that, you know, yeah, they could yeah, be yeah. in a bit of trouble here. Hearts, the, the mood at Tynecastle towards Levine is not positive at all. It's grim. And if they don't beat Hamilton at home, then that's only going to intensify. I mean, they'll be under real pressure if they can't beat Hamilton at home. Hamilton are in the midst of a, a real injury crisis. They've they've had a decent start to the season, but yeah, Hearts. I think Hearts will win that, and if they don't, then I think the pressure on Levine just goes you know tenfold. But I think Hearts should have enough to win that game. Mm. Surely, you would think so. Surely. Especially because I think Naismith's meant to be back. So if they've right. got Stephen Naismith available, as we know, that's when they might win a game. It makes all the difference. Yeah, exactly, it makes all the difference. You know, it saves them for another week anyway. Um, and obviously, on Sunday there's another um, small fixture. Are we not doing the biggest game of the weekend? St oh. Johnson versus Kilmarnock. I've missed it out in the list. I'm so sorry. You've missed out the <laughs> biggest game of the weekend. Dereliction of duty. I'm so sorry. It's almost like I've done it deliberately. No, no. <laughs> anyway, that's actually um, referred to on the Scottish football website, Pie and Bovril, as the meh derby because it's just a just the, the one fixture in Scottish football that there's no needle there. There's there's not really any history between the two teams. Like who cares? Nobody really. Aye, well. Yeah. So so even subconsciously you've acknowledged that by missing it off the running order. Um, so my no, apologies yes. to all Kilmarnock fans especially yourself yes I mean to be fair I don't have a huge amount to say about that Stevie May is back for St Johnson I'm sure they'll be delighted to see him back and Kelly have got a new signing on loan from Juventus at centre back sadly it's not Matthias Delict or Giorgio <laughs> Um so I think that's one where it's important for Kelly to get the first win of the season on the board uh, just to ease some of the some of the pressure on Alessio I say I don't think it's from the club I think from fans and sort of some of the media there's a bit of pressure on Alessio but um, to ease the pressure and St Johnson obviously after a really good result last week getting a last minute equaliser at Easter Road they'll want to get uh, continue that run and Stevie May will obviously be ready and show what he can do so now we can move on to the second biggest game of the weekend <laughs> my apologies again <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, very 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 big game big six pointer um, both the uh, Rangers and Celtic both in top of the table undefeated both scoring both you know doing well both coming off the European um, high uh, it's at Ibrox, obviously, the uh, advantage Rangers, but uh, how do you think that one's going to turn out? I think that's going to be very interesting. Obviously, we remember Rangers won both games at Ibrox last season, and I think Celtic are exactly the kind of team that Rangers are more suited to playing, the kind of team that's going to want to dominate the ball, that's going to want to go at them on the attack. We've seen Rangers when they've struggled. They struggled against St Mirren, OK, they won. They struggled against Kilmarnock, OK, they won. They came through that like a Warsaw tie. But it was a difficult game. They don't do well against teams which sort of sit in in a low block, sort of defend and make it difficult for them. And there's no team can try and do that in in a 
in an old firm game or a Glasgow yeah. derby, whichever you prefer, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want I don't want either side of this writing totally. into me, so I'll just say both. Um Celtic can't do that, so it'll be very interesting to see how how Celtic deal with the, the pace that Rangers have on the break, you know, the likes of Jordan Jones, the likes of Shea Ojo, Morelos if he plays. I think it'll be interesting in the midfield because if you look at you look at last season with with Scott Brown, there was one of the, the, the four games, uh, did he play in the first one? I can't remember. But of the certainly of the last three league games of the season, in two of them, he was pretty poor. I mean, we remember getting mugged off by Ryan Kent. But then in the other one, just through sheer force of Scott Brownness, he got <laughs> two Rangers players sent off and a and a ban for Ryan Kent. So I'll be interested to see if he plays because he's looked a lot a step short this season. Mm-hmm. And he played on Thursday. So, you know, should he play against Rangers on Sunday? But it's Scott Brown. He's the captain. Let's face it, he will play. Yeah. It's a I huge think, call to drop him for a Rangers game, I think. Exactly, and I, so I, I don't for a second think that Lennon will do, but I think it'll be interesting seeing him come up against well, Joe Rebo for one, uh, a guy who's good on the ball, but has also got that skill, that physicality that he can sort of dribble through the press. It'll be interesting to see uh, Brown up against him. And yeah, I think it'll be a fascinating battle. I mean, I still, I still think Celtic, over the course of the 38-game season, I still think they'll probably win the league. I still think they've got the advantage. But I could easily see Rangers winning this game on Sunday because I think in a head-to-head battle, I don't think Celtic's characteristics are hugely suited to playing Rangers. And I think Rangers' characteristics are ideally suited to playing Celtic. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, as well, um, Christopher Ayer is an injury doubt, which is a huge, huge loss for Celtic in any game, really. But this could be quite a, a, a crucial factor, do you think? Well, absolutely could because, I mean... Uh, the Ebd Alhamed is out. He's got a hairline fracture. So I mean, who 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 plays it right back? If Ayer can't play Ayer, who lest lest we forget, it's not a natural right back. Do they put the new signing from Stoke straight in there? I mean, it's a big ask to put someone straight into yeah. you know the fire of the, one of the biggest derbies in the world on their debut. And Ayer, as I think we've discussed before, is their Celtic's best defender, definitely. Uh, so you'd imagine it'd be Simunovic and Julian at the back, which, okay, it's, it's a decent enough partnership. As I think we said, Julian's been coming on to a game. But it leaves a question over right back. And, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think Lennon was saying, literally just before we came on air, that Ayer is confident of being fit for the game, that he, he's just got a bit of a groin strain. So he's just going to kind of see how he looks in training today and tomorrow. But that, that'll be another big call because, you know, do you start him and he has to go off after 15 minutes with, yeah. with the same injury and then you're a sub down and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's just a another subplot, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think Lennon did say about the, the new Phil Bauer that we're going to assess him this week and assess him again on Saturday, um, which does suggest that the, the idea of you know firing him in for his debut um, isn't you know a mile, a mile away from him. Yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big ask. You know, you turn up, all right, son, you're starting at Ibrox in front of... You know, well, how, Celtic only get what eight hundred so forty nine thousand yeah. sort of baying Rangers fans. You know, if you get if you your first touch is a bad one, that that crowd is going to be right on your back. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a mile a minute game, as we know. You know, people snapping into tackles all over the place. So, if he does start, if he makes his debut against Rangers, it's, you know, it's a big ask. It's just been it's been thrown right in at the deep end. Definitely, absolutely. I mean, obviously, it's a huge game. Um, what do you think it's going to turn out in score prediction? I'm going to go for. 2-1 to Rangers as I said I think I can see I still think Celtic will win the league but I just I just have a feeling Rangers will win this game tomorrow and as with my other prediction that now means that Celtic will absolutely walk it <laughs> but I just I've got, I've got a feeling that just the, the, you know the way the momentum's going that as I said that the, the style Rangers play yeah I can see them winning this game tomorrow I think 2-1 Rangers 
bold. A bold, bold, what, what, bold what, about, what about yourself, Mr. Horseman? What would you predict? I think it's going to be extremely tough as well. I, I basically I agree with pretty much everything you've said there. It's not an easy place to go. Um, it's, it's going to be very difficult for Celtic. I think if they can um, not uh, concede early, it'll make a big difference to them. Um, it's, you know, I could see it being a draw. I could see it being a draw, um, but I could also see it going either way. But I'm going to go, say, one each. One each, okay. Yeah. Bland. <laughs> a bland sitting prediction, fence, sitting yeah. right in the fence, <laughs> get right off it. No problem at all. Okay, well, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back to, uh, on, not tomorrow, we'll be back on Monday um, before 4pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more for us at the Football Scotland website, on our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter, at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at captain underscore howdy and Gaby on... At Gaby Mackay. Until Monday, thanks for listening.